Good afternoon. Welcome to Faith FM. And looking up, this is Danny Malenkov, and I'm here with my co-host this afternoon, Peter Watts. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Dan. It's good to be here. It's great to be back on our afternoon show, Looking Up. Absolutely. And it's a spectacular day here in Newcastle. Incredible. One one for the history books. Maybe not quite, but um, but no, it really is a fantastic day here in Walls End, just outside of Newcastle. And uh, we are looking forward to another exciting and extremely important afternoon program. Now, this afternoon, I want to encourage you, if you're at home and you have access to a Bible, I want to encourage you right now to get hold of a Bible. Um, you may have it on your phone. You may have a hard copy with you. Also, a pen and paper, because today we are going to be plunging into an overview of the two all-important end-time books of Daniel and Revelation. So we're gonna we're gonna share a little more on that um, in a little while. But I just want to give you a heads up. So I want to encourage you to get your materials ready, and um, we're gonna be in for an exciting journey this afternoon. Now, if you have any questions that you'd like to um, ask, please. Give us a call, and the number is 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Give us a call, or you can text in your question on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Now, we also have a free offer, don't we, Peter, at the end of uh, the program this afternoon? We do. We do. We, uh, we have a little book called Visions and Dreams by Jack Blanco. And it's Visions and Dreams, a fresh look at Daniel and Revelation. And that we're going to be looking at those. Maybe some people might be thinking to themselves, well, I've heard of the Revelation, but what's it got to do with Daniel? We're not talking about Daniel Melenkov. <laughs> Just as about, well. Just as well. You know, my, uh, my uh, son, my only son, um, we named him Daniel. And uh, we named him Daniel because of the impact of the book of Daniel, which is an Old Testament book. Mm the impact of that book on my life. And so I wanted to name my son Daniel. So uh, somebody obviously decided to name you Daniel as well. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great name. And um, yeah, the, the name actually means God is my judge. Yeah, I so found that out. It's a, it's a fantastic book. So anyway, we're going, to be, we're going to be looking at an overview of Daniel and Revelation because in the coming weeks, uh, we're going to plunge into the all-important prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, in particular as they relate to our day and moving forward. So that's going to be something really exciting. So We want to lay the table today. Yeah, today's the overview. We need to give a context and give some background information, which is really important. Now, before we do any of that, we're going to tune in to our beautiful song from Jaden Lavick, Wondrous Love. So sit back and enjoy. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul What wondrous love is this That caused the Lord of bliss To bear the dreadful curse for my soul To bear the dreadful curse for my soul Love. 
I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing in joyful beat. And through eternity, I'll sing on. Welcome back to Faith FM and Looking Up. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. Now, Peter, what have you done during the past seven days? Anything exciting? Well, that's a good question. What have I done? (laughs) Uh, Look, most of the same stuff, which is um, sharing the gospel with people. I've been doing some Bible studies. I was uh, sharing a message actually last weekend uh, via the Zoom platform, which is uh, what we've been doing uh, a little of in the last three months. Uh, in fact, I um, was writing in a newsletter today saying, you know, here we are six months down the road already gone for this year. And it's, I said it, it, it seems to have zoomed by. Oh. <laughs> no, pun, no pun intended. A cool but, uh, dad joke, if there ever was one. <laughs> but anyway, no, my, my, I was talking on the weekend, uh, I was sharing a message about uh, one decision it was called. And I was talking about the fact that in terms of the gospel, uh, it really boils down to one decision. I like to keep things simple. I think the gospel is simple. And um, there has many facets, of course, and we can go as deep as we want to uh, into the Bible, into the gospel. But there's really only one one decision to make. And um, I was talking about the time when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was struggling with the the responsibility or the weight of sin upon his shoulders uh, and that he was about to go to the cross. And he was saying to his father, you know, if if it's... uh, possible for this cup to pass from me but nevertheless not my will but thy will be done Mm. and and that was the one decision that's the one decision that he made um that uh, allowed him uh, or or, you know where he decided who's going to go to cross for you and i and uh it's the one decision that we can all make in our own lives not not my will but thy will be done and uh i kind of contrasted that um with Um, Adam in the Garden of Eden, another garden. And uh, Adam in the Garden of Eden, it was daytime, broad daylight when Adam was in the garden. It was midnight when Jesus was in the garden. Um, Adam, you know, had a perfect world surrounding him uh, where when Jesus was in the garden, Gethsemane, there had been thousands of years of uh, sin and degradation by that time. Um, Adam, uh, you know, Adam was the first Adam. Jesus is called the second Adam and um, and just the uh, the fact that uh, in the Garden of Eden it was my will be done, but in the Garden of Gethsemane it was thy will be done. And uh, I thought that very was a very powerful, very, very powerful. powerful. As I read about read through that, and I thought I need to share this with people because uh, that was a powerful powerful thing that Jesus was able to do, and uh, some good lessons for us there. 
Yeah, very, very powerful. And if anybody wants to um, tune into that message, I know that at your church there you guys upload uh, the messages. So we do. We have a live stream channel. Uh, we have a okay. YouTube channel. Yeah, tell us. Uh, How so, can people get hold yeah, of it? If, uh, if you want to uh, see the live stream presentations on a Saturday morning, um, from 9.30 we have a Bible study program, and then at 11 a.m. AM we have a, a worship service, and that is um, if you go to YouTube and you go to Avondale Memorial Church, you will be able to see some of the uh, live stream programs that have been uploaded there. Fantastic. And yeah, a lot of churches have those facilities, and especially at this time when the churches are still closed, mm. by and large, yep. um, that is a big blessing to not only the church family, but to the entire community. Well, we would want to make uh, very clear, Danny, that the buildings are closed, but the, the, buildings church, are closed. No. the church is still alive because Absolutely. the church is the people. And God is on his throne. That's right. And um, yeah, and in case you're wondering, um, I also uh, pastor a church. And it's um, not far away from where Peter's Church is, just a few kilometers up down the road. And it's Hillview Church. And if you want to go online, we start our services at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning streaming. And you simply need to go into YouTube, Hillview Streaming, and you can um, you can be there ready on a Saturday morning, 11 o'clock. So, yeah, so there's a couple of options and 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 many others as well. Now, yeah, what have I been up to? I have been blessed this week uh, to continue on in a Bible study with a young couple. There's a young couple that I'm studying with, and we studied the subject of the Sabbath. Mm. Uh, we've done that here on our program. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly right. And so I did the study with them a couple of weeks ago or so on the Sabbath. And uh, yeah, the, the young lady, she was really um, convicted of that. And she sent me a message today that she had shared with her boss that she was no longer in a position that she was able to work on Sabbath Mm. because her work entails working on Sabbath, a a job that she loves. But she's made a decision, like you said, that one decision, that one one big decision that she wants to be faithful to Jesus. And so, yeah, as as I thought about her decision and just this, uh, this, this titanic struggle, she shared with me the, the greatest leap of faith that she has had to make in her spiritual journey. But uh, she's trusting in God, trusting in God that he will see her through, that he will provide. And I have been encouraging uh, her in that way. But it is, it's a, it, it's a huge challenge. And at There's times... There's a tug of war. There are, yeah. are involved in There are. And, um, and as we go through uh, these, these next few weeks, we're going to be taking a look at the books of Daniel and Revelation in particular. In the book of Daniel and Revelation, uh, we'll discover that, that one of the central themes there and throughout the entire Bible is the issue of worship and allegiance. Mm-hmm. And here, at the end of time, it will be a worldwide issue that will encapsulate every man, woman, and child on the planet where each person will have to make that one big decision of who will they serve and who will they worship will it be jesus christ or or the enemy or the antichrist or the antichrist christ or antichrist christ or antichrist so that's what we'll be looking at so yeah it was great to see young people like these this is a young couple she's only in her early 20s but making such a huge decision to be faithful to jesus and that just gave me so much encouragement this week so that was really one of the big highlights for me this week. Terrific. That, that's really great, Danny. Well, we've been uh, talking a little bit about what we've been doing, but we've said that this week we are going to look at an overview of Daniel and the Revelation. And maybe we should begin by uh, by saying, why are these books important? And, um, you know, 
both of them are connected with prophecy and why why is prophecy important why why should people um why would people be interested in prophecy we know they are you can see that from all the internet posts but why are people interested in prophecy? Now, I think that's a really important question because, yeah, you mentioned the Internet. And my understanding from, from, from the little bit of research that I've done is that since COVID came to town, that the searches on Bible prophecy have gone through the roof, through the roof. People want to know, does the Bible have anything to say about what is taking place right now? Does does only prophecy only 154 million results? Oh, is that right? Did you just check it? That's that's hot off the press. Hot off the press. <laughs> Peter, he is on the money this afternoon. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a lot of interest out there, and and you and I were talking about this before the program. There are there are generally uh, two camps when it comes to Bible prophecy that I have found in my experience, and I think um, you would you would agree with this. There are those that tend to go about making up uh, the the message of the prophecy based on what they think, based on based on what website they've gone to or whatever. They kind of put it together. It becomes like a bit of a smorgasbord, um, a custom-designed view of what that Bible prophecy means. Mm. Um, and then you have another group who are like, this is crazy! All these symbols, <laughs> these these beasts, these monsters—how a nightmare! It's a nightmare, exactly. It is the thing of nightmares. And so, how am I on earth? Am I supposed to make sense yeah. of it? So, people just put it in the two hard baskets, yeah. and like you were saying earlier, you know, people read the Bible. They start off in Genesis, and they get to the beginning of Revelation, and they do a U-turn, mm. and they forget about the Book of Revelation because it's just so difficult. They they feel, or they've been told, or they start moving into it and they can't understand it so they kind of avoid it altogether i found uh, similar danny uh, like you say those who uh, dive right in and try i mean so for instance in the current covid19 uh, crisis you've got people who are you know looking at the world conditions seeing the okay they can start to see that things are happening in the world and the world's not getting better and it's actually getting worse at yeah, the moment. And yeah. so maybe they're starting to think, you know, maybe we are coming to the end of the world. Maybe the Bible does have something to say. Maybe the book of Revelation has something to say to this generation. And so I think that with the right motive, the enthusiasm for wanting to dive right in there, people head for the book of Revelation um, and without the perhaps the necessary interpretive tools mm. and keys that we need to be able to understand that book. So what we want to do in this overview is to look at some of those keys. And I think, you know, I think there's a natural tendency for people to want to know the future. I think that, you know, that curiosity is part of most people's makeup that, that we would like to know what's going to happen in the future. I well, think that, that whether you're religious or not. And so um, I think that God is um, able to uh, tap into, I guess, that tendency of humanity to want to know the future, and he provides us with information about the future. And I think there's a, a very um, important point here. It's as uh, prophecy is fulfilled that we begin to see its power. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it sort of helps us to demonstrate, it helps demonstrate that God knows what he's talking yeah. about. And that's a good, and that's a really a good, uh, a good, a good time to plunge into, um, or should I say, skip into the scriptures um, to lift off into Isaiah chapter 46. You were sharing this with me earlier mm. on, Peter. It's a great passage. I don't know if you have it there. I have it here. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. 
Do you want me to read that? Yeah, if you could, that'd okay. be great. So I'm reading this uh, from the New King James Version and Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. Notice what it says here. And this is God talking to Isaiah. He says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. One of the claims of the Bible... One of the claims of the God of the Bible is that he can declare the end from the beginning. He can tell what the future will be. And, you know, the, the, the great thing about that is we can put that to the test. This is a very old book, right? This was uh, written between 3,500 and 2,000 years ago. So um, we, we have said before, uh, I think, on this program that about 30% of the Bible is That's right. prophecy. That's right. And the majority of those prophecies have been fulfilled. So here, basically, God is saying, put me to the test. Uh, I know the end from the beginning. I can declare from ancient times those things that are not yet done. And uh, we can look at some of those prophecies that have been fulfilled and say, yep, he got it right. Uh, or, you know, we, we, we can investigate them. So it helps us to have uh, confidence in God himself. That's the main point, I think, of, of God giving us prophecy. Absolutely. And, um, and on that note, when we go to the New Testament, and I want to take a look at this scripture in Second Peter chapter 1, and uh, verses 19 to 21, and it's very fascinating here what Peter writes, and it's especially in, in particular to, to the times that we are living in. So Second Peter chapter 1, Verses 19 to 21, he writes, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So this passage here tells us that First and foremost, Bible prophecy is extremely important. And Bible prophecy helps us to understand what is taking place. It's like a light that shines in a dark place. And uh, we don't need to be reminded that our world is becoming more and more of a dark place. I was, I was writing today and I was uh, writing that as the world becomes darker, uh, the blessed hope becomes brighter and brighter. That's exactly right. Um, and that's what and, this scripture is saying. And the saying. scripture, yeah, it's like having a torch in a dark alley. Um, you know, it helps you to find your way. And I, I think the other thing that I like about that passage, it says that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. That's a very important line because when we talk about these prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, there are going to be many people who have many ideas about interpreting these books. But the Bible says that there's no private interpretation uh, in prophecy. So how do we interpret it? Indeed. So we're going to look at, we've got some keys that we want to look at. We've got some principles, if you like, uh, of interpretation that we will look at uh, after the next break. There's one more verse of scripture I want to jump on yes, uh, go for it. before we go to the break, and that is John 14:29. Jesus here is speaking himself. He says, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Now, remember I mentioned um, a couple of moments ago the importance of when the, the prophecy is fulfilled. Um, we have greater confidence in God when we see those prophecies fulfilled. And he's saying here, I've told you beforehand so that when it comes to pass, you may believe. And I think that's one of the principal 
um, reasons why God gives us prophecy. He knows what is coming and we can have greater confidence in him. Absolutely. And by believing in him, we may not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Well, folk, this has been just a brief introduction. We're going to get into a whole heap more on the overview of Daniel and Revelation after this song and after the news break. But sit back and enjoy Graham Kendrick, Meekness and Majesty.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back to Faith FM and looking up. I hope you're having a fantastic afternoon. As I pointed out earlier here, it is super duper sunny and we are having a great time here. Peter, Watts and myself unpacking an overview of the books of Daniel and Revelation. And earlier on, I gave the phone number if you want to contact us, if you want to ask a question. And I was told by my co-host and some others that I spoke too quickly. Just so, too hot to handle then. too hot to handle. So anyway, here we go again. So um, hope you got your pen there. And I will give you the number to call in firstly. one 800 324-843. So let, let me do that again. 1-800-324-843. Or if you want to text us on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Was that better, Peter? Well, maybe in the next break I'll say it was too slow. <laughs> so too hot, too, too fast, too slow. No, it's just right, I think, yeah, Danny. That was, that was pretty good. Fantastic. All right. Well, so we anyway, probably... Peter, yeah, we we started unpacking yeah. um, the importance of Bible prophecy. We okay. went to a few scriptures. So now I think we need to move into uh, this idea of the books of Daniel and Revelation being in symbols and signs. And how do we understand that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I guess, as I mentioned before, uh, lots of people have heard of the book of Revelation, even if they are not religious people. Um, not perhaps so many have heard of the book of Daniel, which really is um, its an Old Testament prophetic book. And we want to look at some of the, I think, the principles or the keys, perhaps we should say, to interpreting these, these books. Um, because, you know, like you said before, some people will read the book of Revelation and they think, man, this person was having a wild dream before they wrote this because it's full of symbols. And if we read... Uh, the very first verse of the book of Revelation. There's a yes. few things there that will help us. All right. It says, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're going to stop right there. So the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It, that He is the principal character. He is the one. So some people have asked, does this mean that this is the revelation about Jesus Christ or is this the revelation by Jesus Christ. And the reality is, is both of those things, uh, that, that Jesus is the one uh, giving it, but he is also the one who is the principal character that is revealed in the book of Revelation. Now, of course, as well as G revealing Jesus, obviously there are many other things. People might have heard of the beast, or they might have heard of Armageddon, or they might have heard of Babylon, right? And it's Or the mark of the beast. Or the mark of the beast, right? And it's important for us to understand that in order to understand just who Jesus Christ is and what he has done and why that is so good, we have to contrast that against why things are so bad. In other words, there is a battle going on. We mentioned it before. And, uh, you know, Jesus is the champion for good. Uh, but there is also a battle going on and there's a dark side as well. But in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which much must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. When it says signified there, or we might say it's, he signed, signified there, or he, he signed it 
there. Uh, and we don't mean signed it like a, a signature, but in the sense that, you know, we've, uh, I mentioned before that sometimes we get these important government announcements, especially lately in the coronavirus crisis, and oftentimes they're accompanied by a signer, somebody who is giving the message in sign language. That's right. Um, and that is because there are certain persons who can only understand in those different signs. And so uh, a person is signing for that, that group of people. Well, God has placed the messages of the book of Revelation in signs. Uh, in other words, there are symbols that are used to give prophetic messages. And uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, maybe people are asking why. Why would they yeah. be in signs? Yeah, well, I did add, I had a cousin ask me not so long ago, why doesn't God just tell us straight out? Mm. Um, does he know who the powers will be? Um, what's going on into the future? Can he spell it out? And of course he can, because mm. we have uh, we, we have God stating certain powers by name in the book of Daniel. Yeah. And and so why doesn't God say, so I had that question asked by my, my cousin, so how would you respond, Peter? Yeah, well, I think there's a. I think the best response is Jesus' own response. Um, it's fascinating. He doesn't talk about symbols and signs so much, but one of the uh, things that Jesus used to do is he used to tell stories, which we call, you know, the Bible calls parables. He used to tell stories, and he would teach profound spiritual lessons by telling stories. And so he would symbolize, I, I guess, the sim, the spiritual uh, lesson. In these stories. And uh, one time, if you look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, one time his disciples came to him. It says, The disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now that's an interesting thought. How come, you know, what, what Jesus is, you know, playing favorites here? Mm. He gives it to some, but he doesn't give it to others. What is that all about? And if you read it in the context, it seems to me that he's giving it to those who want to know, who want to know for the purpose of salvation, who want to understand Jesus and uh, understand God and, and the plan of God. There are those who are intent on using information to try and destroy. You may remember when Jesus was crucified that many witnesses came forward and testified against him. Mm -hmm. Even though he was innocent, even though there was never a more innocent man who walked the earth, um, they had accusers against him that would accuse him of certain things. And so I think that what he's saying here is he puts it in symbols, that though, in symbols so that those who will persevere, those who genuinely want to understand the gospel, those who genuinely want to be saved, will seek the answers to those symbols uh, and, and discover uh, the truth about them. And I think that the surface reader who's only interested in prophecy but isn't interested in Jesus, I think, uh, you know, will we'll not see the profound meaning of them. Now, having said that, we must make uh, clear here that whilst the books of Revelation and Daniel use symbols to declare certain spiritual truths, the interpretation of those symbols the is the keys are within the Bible itself. In other words, when a symbol is used, there is another place somewhere in the Bible where that symbol is interpreted. And that's really important because before the break we looked at that scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 to 21 where Peter writes that 
Bible prophecy is not of private interpretation. Right. So if it's not of private interpretation, where do we find those interpretive keys? And of course, they are in the scriptures. So we're going to discover as we go through Revelation that the symbols and uh, the the geography and and the different names and so forth that we find appearing in the book of Revelation, they can all be traced back to the Old Testament by and large. Some in the New Testament, some are actually within the text. Like for example, yeah. for example, um, in Revelation seventeen fifteen, uh, there John says, "And the waters that you saw are many nations, tribes, tongues, and people." So water. Right. Lots of water represents um, multitudes. And on the other side, the earth, when a beast comes up out of the earth, that represents uh, a land that is um, sparsely, populated. sparsely populated. And so, right. so that's just a, a simple example of how to use uh, the scriptures to interpret themselves. Yeah, so that one there, as you've said, that, that interpretation is e even within that chapter. Yeah. But oftentimes, so for the book of Revelation, for instance, it's the last book of the Bible, and it's the last book of the Bible for a reason, because all the previous books are important if you're going to understand the book of Revelation. So there are two, I think there are two principal keys to understanding the book of Revelation. Number one is Jesus. We read about him the in the very first verse, yes. right? It's, it's a, you've got to have Jesus Christ understood. So the first key is Jesus Christ. The second key is the Old Testament. Most of the references that you find in the book of Revelation have their roots in stories of the Old Testament. So, for instance, I think there are about 404 verses there in are the book of Revelation. 404, exactly. And some 270 of them are found uh, as phrases or allusions or even quotes from the Old Testament. And so if you think about that, 270 out of 404, that's a lot of the book of Revelation that is drawn from the um, Old Testament. So, for instance, there is a passage there in the book of Revelation. It talks about Jezebel. Jezebel is long since dead by the time you get to the book of Revelation, which is the, you know, the end of the first century AD. Jezebel was killed some cent many centuries before, but her name appears there in the book of Revelation because there's something about the story of Jezebel that's going to help you interpret that particular pa passage of Scripture. That's right. And another reason why uh, the book of Revelation was given in signs and symbols was to preserve it mm -hmm. because it's, uh, it's dealing with issues that directly relate to the Roman Empire and moving from like the pagan Roman Empire into the papal Roman Empire uh, that continued. And so God, in order to preserve the book of Revelation, um, he put it together in signs and symbols. So that's another reason. I'm not yeah. saying that's the only reason, but that's that's another reason to well, preserve it, the book itself. It's apparent from the book itself in verse um, 9 of chapter 1, it says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. It seems that John is there uh, a captive of the island. He has been sort of bound there. Uh, on the island because of his preaching of the gospel. And so um, his life was uh, in danger, as was all the uh, apostles in the New Testament. Their lives are in danger for preaching the gospel. And so here they are writing out uh, these prophecies. And, uh, yeah, it was important that they were putting symbols so that they would be um, 
preserved as well and um, understood by those who studied. It's interesting when you take a look at the book of Daniel and Revelation, the, both the authors are in exile. Uh, mm. Revelation, John, he's in exile on the island of Patmos. Daniel, he is in exile in the city of Babylon. So they're both in exile. They're both writing messages to encourage their people. Uh, and also messages relating to how God has the ultimate victory and how his people that are with him have the ultimate victory at the end of time. And as you pointed out earlier, uh, the prophecies in Daniel begin um, with the time of Daniel and all the way through to the second coming, and the prophecies in Revelation begin with John all the way through to the second coming. And we're going we're gonna to look at um, some, of the, some of the different ways of interpreting the books of Daniel and Revelation that are, that, that are about. But before we do that, I want to take a look at um, a promise. You read verse 1, but it's interesting uh, to see the, the promise that God gives to those who are willing to read, hear, and understand. And that's in uh, Revelation chapter 1 and uh, verse 3, where John writes, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So God here places a blessing. And I don't know if you have come across another place in the scriptures where at the beginning of that particular book of the Bible, there is a blessing for those who are willing to uh, read, hear, and ultimately keep. This is the only book that yeah, I'm the, aware of. The, is that right? Is, yeah, this is the only book that I know of that has a blessing right there at the beginning of the book saying you're blessed if you read this, and uh, which is fascinating because so many people, I think, approach the book of Revelation with a, a great deal of uh, apprehension, um, maybe a little bit of fear because of some of the symbolism that is used there and so forth. But here itself, it's telling us that you're blessed if you read it, understand it, and keep those things that are written in it. It's interesting that that blessing appears seven times in Revelation. We've already looked at this in the past, that seven is God's number. It's the perfect number. There's, there's a whole host of sevens in the book of Revelation. And the last time the word blessed appears is in Revelation 22 to describe blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates into the city, speaking of the new Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And you can read about that in Revelation 22 verse 14. So that's really powerful. Well, uh, we, we're going to be talking about um, this overview. And I want to, um, when we come back, we're going to have a little break for a song, I think. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the connections between Daniel and the Revelation and why those two books are uh, particularly special. So I hope you've been enjoying this overview of Daniel and Revelation. We've got a whole heap more exciting things to share with you um, after the break. But now sit back and enjoy a beautiful song from the Emmanuel Quartet. Size of the rock. So sit back and enjoy. Moses was just a baby boy. When his mama put him in her boat and the river took him home. He met a pretty princess, but it wasn't enough. Till I heard a voice from a burning bush saying, Tell old 
Pharaoh to let my people go free. David was just a shepherd boy. When the prophet said he would be king, even though he was the youngest son, he heard about a giant. Went to see the king, grabbed a bag of petals and he sung his sling. And the rock of ages brought the mighty giant to his knees. Well, you may feel a bit insignificant when you're standing next to one of those men. But there was nothing special about him until they let the Holy Spirit in. And with a mighty hand, they took their stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Have you heard about the baby king? The father's only son he taught us about heaven. Nailed him to the tree, but in three days it was alive and free because the heart of the rock was mightier than the stone. So the next time you feel insignificant when you're standing next to one of those men. Like there is nothing special about ya Just let the Holy Spirit in And with a mighty hand You'll take your stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Mighty hand Listen to me, brother, cause I'm talking to you. Jesus is the only one who'll carry you through. All that matters is the size of the rock. You've been listening to the Emmanuel Quartet, and I hope you enjoyed that. That reminds me of a of a quartet that my best mate was part of, called the Remnant Quartet, believe it or not, Peter. I thought it was going to be the Macedonian back four. <laughs> no, 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 perish the thought. No, no, the Remnant Quartet, and uh, they sung a lot of a cappella. So just listening to that reminded me of uh, my friend Eddie Borkovic. If you're out there, Eddie, uh, just want to say a big, big hi to you, mate. And um, so, yeah, beautiful song. Now, Peter, before we went to the break, uh, we were continuing to unpack this overview yep. of Daniel and Revelation, and we in particular have been looking at Revelation. Do you want to just continue on with um, giving our listeners uh, an understanding of, of how to understand these two all-important books? Well, there are two, two things. Um, we're going to talk about um, keys to interpreting these two books in, in a little while in, in the program. But I also wanted to see uh, the connections between the two books. So, you know, why are we, you know, the 66 books in the Bible, right? So why are we particularly connecting these two books? You know, what's, what is it that's special about them? So 
Um, I thought we would start by looking at a comparison between these two as opposed to many of the other books in Scripture. Okay, All the Word of God, all incredibly valuable. But and the whole Word of God is linked. Of course. I mean, it's the well, same theme right. going it's sewn all the together. way through. Yeah. Yeah. But these two books are like a hand in a the glove. There's, there's a reason why these two books are you know, particularly uh, looked at because both contain apocalyptic prophecy. That is... Prophecy that deals with the end time. Now, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that word apocalypse, Danny, because the word apocalyptic has, has been bandied around a lot of times in the last few years. I've seen it in news headlines. People use it in documentaries and stuff. So when we think of the word apocalypse in the English language, we, we typically think end of the world. That's right? exactly right. Like I mean, the word Armageddon. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, there's... Uh, there's TV shows and all sorts of stuff that use the word apocalypse. So, but where's the origin of this word? Well, the origin of the word acropolis. Uh, uh, I, I was going to say acropolis. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch a show called Acropolis now. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Anyway, the word apocalypse appears right there at the very beginning of Revelation chapter 1. In fact, you, it's the first word. In fact, in yeah, Greek. it is. It is in the Greek. It's the first word, the apocalypse or apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. Now, the word apocalypse simply means the unraveling or the unveiling. Or the revealing. Or the revealing, yeah. That's the revealing. revelation. The, exactly right, exactly right. So that's what the word means. So it's got nothing to do with, um, you know, end time chaos and confusion and uh, doomsday scenarios on planet Earth and World War Three. Well, maybe we should say this. You know, there's a reason why... We, I guess, uh, grabbed that word from the, the book of Revelation and uh, used it as a symbol for the end times. Because, of course, in the book of Revelation, one of the uh, major themes of the book of Revelation is the second coming of Christ, which coincides with the end of the world. And so that's, I think, how that word, which means revealing, okay, the revelation, uh, that's how that word has become, in English, associated with the end of the world, because it's you know, when Jesus is going to be revealed in the clouds of glory when he returns, that also signals the end of the world. And therefore, that's um, true. That's th true. The end of the world, that's the connection, I think, that people make with the word apocalypse. Yeah, that's an important point. And as you pointed out, the second coming is front and center in the book of Revelation mm. from Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, where it says, Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him all the way through to the final words of Jesus in Revelation 22 when he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a major theme of the it book. It is. So it when is. we say both contain apocalyptic prophecy, that is prophecy that deals with the end time, both these books are pointing to through prophecy they're pointing us down to the end of time when god will finally wrap up this uh sorry chapter of uh death and disaster and disease on planet earth and so that's what we mean when we talk about apocalyptic prophecy it's about prophecies that actually deal with the end time and that is a, in in contrast to say when we said that you know about 30 percent of the bible is prophecy a lot of that prophecy has been fulfilled so for instance Last year, you and I, we went to Iran, and we went to Susa, and we went to Pasagade, uh, which is where we, Pasagade is where we find the tomb of Cyrus. And Cyrus is a character in the Bible that God predicts will arise to overthrow Babylon and to allow his people to go back to the promised land. And this, you know, took place about 539, 538 B.C., 
Okay, and so uh, that is a prophecy, but it was a prophecy fulfilled long ago. It's not uh, a prophecy that goes all the way down to the end times. Um, so, so in other words, when we're talking about apocalyptic prophecy, we're talking about prophecy that deals with the end time. And I think it's also important to remember that there are prophecies that are dual prophecies. Uh, that is, they have a dual application. For example, Matthew 24 is a very simple and a very clear example where mm. Jesus gave uh, signs that would precede the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem and Jerusalem in 70 AD. And those same signs would also be, be evident yep. just before Jesus returns. Yep. And so understanding Bible prophecy, the only way you're really going to understand it is if you allow the Bible to interpret itself. And we've yep. said that all along, and that is just such a fundamental key point. You move away from the scriptures interpreting <clears throat> interpreting themselves and you will end up in, in all sorts of paddocks, um, <laughs> totally confused and, and, and really on the wrong path. Yeah, I think that, that is an important point because sometimes what we will do is we will look at the news, whatever's happening in the news headlines today, and we'll go looking in, Bible, in the Bible for it to try and find some prophetic link. Whereas I believe... What is uh, a much better principle is we look at the Bible at what it has to say. Uh, and because uh, the Bible is, is stretched out in prophetic material over hundreds of years sometimes, then we look at the history and say, is there a historic period that actually fits this biblical passage rather than starting with the secular history or the secular news headlines and going to the Bible and looking for a link? Um, I think that that's important. So both contain apocalyptic prophecy, talking about the books of Daniel and the Revelation. Both books are connected. They're connected by a number of symbolic um, uh, prophetic symbols. Um, they're both um, connected in the ways in which they deal with time prophecy, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, the, there's um, a number of connections, and we'll see some of those as we move through the prophecies. One of the reasons we're doing this today this overview of Daniel and Revelation is because next week we're planning to dive into one of these prophecies in the book of Daniel uh, and we're going to start to unpack some of these individual prophecies that lead us from ancient times all the way down to our day um, and we're also going to see that there are numbers of these not just one there are numbers of prophecies that start in ancient times that come all the way down to the present time and each of them delivers a little bit more detail, yeah. okay? And uh, we'll, we'll look at that in interpretive um, sort of section when, when we get there. But we want to give this overview. So both contain apocalyptic prophecy. Both books are connected. Both writers were in exile. You mentioned that earlier. I'd forgotten that. So thank you for adding that one, Danny, that both of them were captives, really. Danny was a captive in Babylon, and uh, John was on the Isle of Patmos, um, and he was a captive of the Roman Empire, I guess. Um, both contain historical and prophetic sections. In other words, both books reference real historical uh, places in their books. So you might think of the stories in the first half of the book of Daniel, which are talking about when he lived there, some of the historical events that occurred. You come to the book of Revelation and, and John talks about the seven letters churches. that are sent to real churches 
that are really there in Asia Minor. That experience that real situation exactly that he describes. Right. So that was a, a that was really happening in the first century. Like in Laodicea, where we were yeah. a number of years ago, yeah. they literally had lukewarm water That's coming right. along the aqueduct yeah. into the city that made people sick, literally sick. That's right. <laughs> What's interesting, though, too, Danny, is even the historic sections of Daniel and the Revelation also tell us something about prophecy in the end times so that's an interesting point because you have real genuine stories in fact um i think a couple of weeks uh no i don't think so we haven't talked about that yet. but there's for instance in the book of revelation it talks about this symbolic power called babylon mm-hmm. right whereas in the book of daniel of course you have a real kingdom of Babylon that's actually ruling at that time. And so what John is doing in the book of Revelation, he's picking up on some of the elements, the characteristics of that kingdom of Babylon at the time of Daniel, and he's now applying it to another spiritual power at the end of time, which we'll unpack on another occasion. So there are connections there, and they both contain historical and prophetic sections. Uh, Another uh, link is both contain prophecies that begin at the time of the writer and cover history down to the end time. So that's an important uh, element. So uh, it's an important element in terms of how we understand Uh, and interpret some of these prophecies here's another section and it'll probably explain a little more it says both both contain prophecies that only make sense with an historicist interpretation of these okay you're going to have to unpack that we're going to have to unpack that so maybe i'll do that right now yeah um what does it mean this historicist so if we go back last week i think we talked briefly about the reformation a principal character in that was martin luther But there have been a number of reformers, people like John Wycliffe, people like Jan Hus from Czechoslovakia, people like Martin Luther, uh, Ulrich Zwingli, John Calvin, John Wesley, John Knox, a few Johns there. Um, But these different reformers uh, of the Christian church from that period, and they all used what is called the historicist method. And that is principally just what I mentioned in that previous point, that there are prophecies in the Bible in the books of Daniel and Revelation that begin at the time of the writer and then move through history uh, to our time and beyond to the end time, okay? And uh, that was the principal way that they were interpreted by the reformers. Um, more recently, the uh, many Christian churches have adopted other methods of interpreting these prophetic books. So, for instance, there is a preterist uh, interpretation of um, prophecy, and preterism really basically says, well, uh, let's take the book of Daniel, for instance. The prophecies in the book of Daniel, they would have said they would have been fulfilled uh, in the time prior to the time of Christ, so they were all fulfilled even before Jesus arrived. Okay? So now the problem with that, of course, is when Jesus arrives, he talks about Daniel in Matthew 24 and in Mark 13. And uh, he says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, let him who reads understand. So Jesus is saying, when you see this in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that in itself tells you that could not have been already fulfilled by the time Jesus arrived. So that's an interesting point. But preterism basically says... 
They've all been fulfilled in the past. That's preterism. Then there is another school of prophetic interpretation, which is futurism. And that is to say, oh, all the prophecies have their fulfillment in the future. We're not there yet. They're in the future. Okay. But then that asks the question, well, what about now? The beauty of the biblical uh, way in which we understand prophecy, and by the way, as we'll find out next week when we look at Daniel chapter 2, we're going to see that the Bible itself indicates that historicism is the way to understand prophecy. We're going to see that very clearly next week. But what that means for us, you see, is that we are living in prophetic time now. When John wrote, when Daniel wrote their prophecies, they go from their time all the way through to the end time. So they're, they're, we're still within them because they haven't finished yet. We're not at the end yet. And therefore, we are still seeing prophecy being fulfilled. Um, and we'll, we'll unpack some of that. But basically, preterism was developed by um, Louis del Alcazar. Um, as a kind of as a response to the Protestant Reformation. Um, and then uh, futurism, again, was also um, developed by Francisco Ribera in the same kind of time period. So they were as a response to the Reformation, and that's where they came from. But historicism is the method by which that makes sense of, of Bible prophecy, and that's the method we'll use. Exactly. And next week, as Peter pointed out, you don't want to miss next week when we unpack Daniel chapter 2, the first of our prophecies. You will really enjoy it. Do encourage and invite a friend to jump on board and listen to that. They will be absolutely blown away. So hopefully you've enjoyed it thus far. Yeah, we've gone into some pretty deep and uh, meaningful things, but we're going to be having a break now and moving, coming back in just a moment.
Hope you've enjoyed that beautiful song from Stones of Eden. Whisper gently. We are back on Looking Up here on Faith FM. And uh, we are unpacking the books of Daniel and Revelation. We are looking at an overview today and next week, as we pointed out before the break, we are going to be diving into one of the most incredible prophecies in all the Bible, Daniel chapter 2, that has created more believers out of atheists and agnostics than any other prophecy on the planet. So you don't want to miss that. That's a big claim. That's it, a huge it worked claim. for me. <laughs> it worked for Peter. It worked so, for me. so Peter's probably going to share a little bit from his own journey on that. Now, Peter. Well, I just wanted to mention something before you dive into the next section, Danny, is that... Um, why are we doing this overview? Well, yes, we're going to look at some of the prophecies in the next few weeks and so forth. Um, but it is really about, we started this journey on uh, looking up in our radio program this afternoon. Um, we started by looking at how the COVID-19 crisis uh, interplays with end time Bible prophecy. And, you know, I'm sure that even from the first week, people are wanting to know, um, what does it tell us about where we are in this course of time? What does it tell us about how close we are to the end? You know, is Jesus really going to return and how can we know that? And so what we want to do is lay this foundation so that when we look at prophecies like the one we're going to look at next week, which does take us all the way from ancient times two and a half thousand years ago, all the way past our day, although we can see a lot of the footprints of that prophecy in our day, uh, it takes us all the way to, to the end. And so what we're doing is um, trying to um, just lay a little bit of a foundation before we dive into some of those prophecies next week. Absolutely. So that's for next week. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday afternoon. Now, Peter, before we went to the break, we were looking at some, some of the principles of interpretation. Mm. We talked about some of the schools of interpretation. Mm. Um, and we've also talked about the importance of allowing the scripture to interpret itself. Yep. Now, one example, and there are many, but one, one simple example of, of allowing the scriptures to interpret themselves, you will discover in the, the books of Daniel and Revelation, time prophecies. Now, you have time prophecy given to us in, in, in three major different ways, as months, as uh, years, and as well as days. So we've got times, time and time and half. That's speaking of that's speaking of the years, and then and then obviously the days and and so forth and and forty two months. Mm -hmm. So you have that. Now, how do you know what that period represents in in real time? Are they literal? Are they literal days? Are they literal days? Is, is it? 1260 literal days or are we looking at something different and how do you know now in ezekiel chapter 4 and verse 4 we talked about how the the book of revelation taps into the old testament um, for the keys to understanding and if you want to jot down ezekiel chapter 4 and verse 4 this is what god says to his prophet ezekiel lie also on your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of israel upon it According to the number of days that you lie on it, you shall bear their iniquity. For I have laid on you the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days, and so on and so forth. So here, God is giving us a very clear example of how to interpret 
time prophecies, a day represents one year. Yeah, even like there's a very the sentence at the very end of Ezekiel four six. It says, "I have laid on you a day for each year." That's right. And and so um, I think you know what's interesting about this from my perspective is uh, Ezekiel was a contemporary of Daniel. So Daniel is um, writing these prophecies that we will, you know, get into into the weeks ahead, and he's writing uh, into them symbolic time periods, uh, into these prophecies. And Ezekiel was a contemporary of Daniel, and he's he's telling us here that there's a principle of a day for a year that God is using to try and teach a, a spiritual lesson. That's right. And so, and just a couple of others. We won't take the time to look at the scriptures, but a woman in Bible prophecy represents the church. God says, I have likened my people to a a delicate and a comely woman. So a pure woman, a virgin, represents the the pure, true church of God. And a harlot, we have a harlot in the book of Revelation. A prostitute. Exactly, a prostitute. Indeed, she's a prostitute in uh, Revelation chapter 17. And that is speaking of the church that has gone bad. Um, that has mixed an unfaithful church an unfaithful church that has uh, moved into partnership with the government with the state and is no longer faithful to Christ who is the groom so we're going to be going through that as we go uh, as as we go along and you will pick that up and it'll be very very simple and straightforward you mentioned something earlier Danny uh, in the break too you know when we were talking about uh, the fact that the book of revelation has this blessing attached to it you know at the beginning seven blessings seven blessings but uh, specifically at the beginning and the mm-hmm. end as well like book, right. en- book ending the book uh, in fact and saying um, you know it's the only book that we were aware of that has a blessing attached to it but you're also saying that at the end of the book of Daniel there's uh, another blessing there of a different kind there is and uh, I'd like to read that at the end of the book of Daniel it's really fascinating Daniel wants to know uh, some of these prophecies that have been sealed and interestingly enough they've been sealed according to Daniel chapter 12 verse 4 he was told you Daniel shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end so the book was to be sealed portions of the book of Daniel not the whole book but there are portions of the book of Daniel that we'll be unpacking in this program that were sealed until the time of the end and we are living in a time of the end and then uh, toward the end of that chapter as the book comes to a close uh, God says to Daniel once again go your way Daniel and I'm reading from verse 9 of Daniel chapter 12 go your way Daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end many shall be purified and made white and refined But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But notice these words, but the wise shall understand. So you could say very clearly that God here is giving a blessing of wisdom to those who are willing to take the time to unpack the the message of the book of Daniel that God has given. And once again, to, to carefully study, to understand And if God has promised understanding, just like in the book of Revelation in the first chapter, God promises a blessing to those who are willing to read, hear and understand and keep those words in like manner. In the book of Daniel, God once again gives his blessing to those who are willing to understand. And they are referred to as the wise. And that reminds us of the of the ten virgins. There were five that were foolish. And we've looked at that in the past. And there were five that were wise. And the five that were wise, they entered into the chambers with the bridegroom and the bridegroom is Jesus and that's the second coming. So those who are wise at the end of time are ready for the second coming of Jesus. They are the blessed that enter 
into the new Jerusalem in Revelation 22, and they eat from the tree of life. Now, I'm getting into preaching mode, so I'm just going to quit now because I'm really excited. Can you see the connections? Well, that's look, that's the group you all want to be a part of. Right? Absolutely. We, we want to belong to that group. Uh, listen, um, just um, before we get into any more stuff here, I just want to remind you, if you want to call in or text in, maybe you have a question or a comment for Danny and I this afternoon, you can call in on one 800 324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text in on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. I'll let you know that we are actually going to uh, have a free giveaway. At the end at of the, the end program. At the end of the program, and I'll let you know what that's going to be. It's called Visions and Dreams by Jack Blanco, and it's a fresh look at Daniel and Revelation. So um, people will be able to call in, in uh, for that. Not right now. Uh, I don't know. Where, when are those lines open? We are going to look in my producer. and uh, he's, After the next news break, towards uh, the end of the next news. You'll find that information out soon. So, um, yeah, we've got about five minutes to go, and we're going to um, have a break shortly. But, yeah, Visions and Dreams by Jack Blanco, a fresh look at Daniel and Revelation. That's our free giveaway for today. I'm going to let people know about another resource, Danny, that might be helpful mm-hmm. too when we talk about the Bible prophecy. And that's a website called BibleProphecyTruth.com. That is BibleProphecyTruth.com. And there's a lots of topics there um, where Bible prophecy is uh, unpacked in various um, subjects. And so people might be interested to check that out. Um, BibleProphecyTruth.com. And so uh, I'm sure people will uh, be find that helpful. Now, Peter, we've been looking at the similarities between Daniel and Revelation. We've noticed a number of them. You shared something with me that I hadn't thought about um, until you shared it with me. And I know that you had heard it from, from some other presenters that were looking at the books of Daniel and Revelation. And that is how these two books uh, come in four sections. They mm. both have four sections. And this is really, really fascinating. And once again, I think this is another clear sign that these two books go hand in hand because they both have four sections in them. So do you want to take us through, uh, firstly, the book of Daniel, the four main sections, the four main prophetic sections of the book of Daniel? Yeah, so we'll, we'll unpack some of these other keys to interpreting Daniel and Revelation. One of them is that uh, the, Bib- the Bible itself is not completely chronological. In other words, whilst it does start at the beginning with Genesis, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it doesn't follow a chronological line all the way to the end of the Bible. It, it moves about a little bit. and that it, is does end, it does end in a chronological... Yes, it does end at the end. Uh, it starts <laughs> at the beginning and ends at the end. But it's kind of like if you've ever watched a movie or a TV show where you're watching it, and then there's a flashback. Mm. You know, there's a flashback to another section um, of history or or whatever it may be uh, in the story. And so um, it's kind of interesting that that is a a cinematographer, a cinematographer, I'll start that again. It's a... um, it's a tool that's used. In I was cinema. wondering. I was wondering if you were using. I don't some think Greek I was going to get there. I think I was going to make up a word. Is probably what I was going to do. But it's a tool that they use in cinema to try and tell a story. And fascinatingly enough, the Bible uses that kind of tool where it's telling a, a story, but then it will cut back and it will give more details about that 
before it moves on. And so we see that, and we also see it in the books of Daniel and Revelation. So, for instance, in Daniel chapter 2, that we will unpack next, next week. week yeah. I'm going to do all the details because it's one of my favorite prophecies in all the Bible. Well, it had a huge impact on you it had a huge and your impact conversion. On me. I, I had never really looked at the Bible before that, and when I understood that prophecy, I thought, this book is divinely <laughs> inspired. This is no ordinary book. So Daniel chapter 2 basically starts off from the time of Daniel, who lives in the kingdom of Babylon, two and a half thousand years ago and more, 2,600 years ago, and it moves through history in that prophecy all the way up to our time period. And I think, actually, Danny, what we'll find next week is we can actually see our time period we'll spoken of. We'll see it on the news headlines. In the book, in we'll the see it in the news headlines. And then it moves through to the very end when, when God's kingdom comes. That's right. right. So... Um, that's that's one uh, cycle, if you like, from the time the of the first writer section, Daniel. The, the first, first prophetic section. section. Pro- first prophetic, uh, first major prophecy in the book of Daniel. Yep. Time of Daniel all the way through to the end time, right? The end of time. Then you come to Daniel chapter 7 and you have the same time period covered from the time of Daniel all the way through to the end, but different symbols are used. And there's this principle of repeat and enlarge. It's repeating the same passage of history but it is giving different details Mm -hmm. then you come to the next chapter daniel chapter 8 which is also connected to daniel chapter 9 there's prophetic material in both daniel 8 and 9 but that is connected but again in daniel chapter 8 you have starting in the time of daniel moving all the way through to the end and again you have the prophecy in daniel 10 through 12 most of the materials in Daniel 11, but 10 through 12, that whole section there is one prophecy, really, that goes all the way from the time of Daniel all the way through the end. So you've got four cycles, and it has this repeat and enlarged theme. And you've got and 60 we, seconds to tell us about the four well, cycles in Revelation. I'm going to talk about the four cycles in Revelation, but we won't do it right now. We'll come back. And so um, we'll come back and unpack the four. But suffice to say that just as there are four prophetic cycles that uh, kind of repeat and enlarge in the book of Daniel. There are also four cycles in the book of Revelation that repeat and enlarge. And this helps us to see, I guess, where we are in prophetic time um, and helps us to see many of the details. It's a little bit like if uh, somebody explained it this way, and I thought it was good, if I was going to explain the route from this office, this studio, to my house... I might talk about which roads you would take. Or then I might say, well, I might describe the, the trees or the, uh, the natural world uh, as you go by. Or I might describe how many kilometers it is. Um, but I can describe it in different ways, even though it's the same journey. Fantastic. That's exciting. And so we're going to hear more after this music break and the news. But sit back and enjoy Randy Travis with Jerusalem's Cry.
that's soon to come If we'll march with the mark of the beast So seek the light and walk with the sun Soon we'll see his wrath come down And the Lord descending from the sky
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Savannah Ellis, More About Jesus. Well, welcome back to Faith FM, and we are in the last leg where... We're These are the last days. <laughs> These are the last days. We are in the home straight for this afternoon, and I hope and pray that you have been as blessed as we have been, as we've been unpacking the overall view of Daniel and Revelation. And just a reminder, we have our giveaway at the end of this segment. So in about five, six minutes, be ready to um, dial in. And the first person that um, calls in, they'll be getting the giveaway. I just wanted to uh, also mention, Danny, if people are interested in listening to previous episodes of Looking Up, yeah, that's they right. can find them at faithfm.com.au. And just look for the uh, podcast section there. You'll find Faith FM, uh, sorry, uh, the podcast section you'll find Looking Up with uh, Peter and Danny. And uh, you'll be able to listen to any of the previous episodes. And this one will get posted there too. That's right. So before we went to the music and uh, news break, we were looking at how the book of Daniel has been structured. And you talked about this principle of repeat and enlarge. Yeah. These four sections, these four prophetic yep. sections that make up the book of Daniel. Yep. Now, we also know that the book of Revelation is made up in four prophetic sections. Do you want to take us through that before I share some other exciting stuff on the book of Revelation Well, in as you're going to talk about, Danny, I won't unpack yours, but there are, it's, it's, uh, the book of Revelation is rich and deep and has many layers, um, and we can look at it in, in various ways. And it's, uh, it's the, it's, you know, if we didn't know it was inspired, we'd say it was the work of genius. And, of course, God is a genius. But, um, it, you know, when you understand the depth of it, uh, it really makes a difference. I just want to I'll use an illustration here before we go into this uh, section of the four cycles too, is if I, I don't read music. My wife does. She's smarter than me. But um, I don't read music. So if you put a page of Mozart in front of me, I'm going to look at that and say, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? I, I have no idea what, it, what it's about. Obviously, it's worthless. But no, it's a page of Mozart. And the fact is, it's not worthless just because I can't understand it. It doesn't make it worthless. In fact, it's a work of genius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to think about the Bible. When we, we, when we approach the Bible, and particularly the book of Revelation, we might come across things that we don't understand. But we must not disregard them as worthless just because we don't understand mm, it. That's a good point. I've it's, never thought of it like that. Mm, that's a very good point. Because it, it is a work of genius. It's just that we may not have the tools at our disposal to interpret it at that moment. But if we will stick with it, if we'll learn those interpretive tools, we'll find that it's a work of genius. Someone once uh, helped me to understand how to really get to know and appreciate prophecy and in particular Daniel and Revelation it's a bit like a miner or, or someone who's digging for gold mm. and we're all familiar with yeah. that the more they dig the more they invest and in particular we've got out west uh, what's that place where there's Lightning those Ridge Lightning the, the Ridge yeah, I, I was there I was there last year <laughs> did you find anything no, I did <laughs> no but I was actually I was looking around and you know there's lots of people it's fascinating because it is like you say there's a parable in the Bible where Jesus says when somebody finds a treasure they buy that field that's right 
and that's really what's going on at Lightning Ridge is they're, they're looking for opals and they'll buy a field and start digging for that treasure. Right. But so the that's more you true in, of Revelation too. The more you invest, the more you dig, the more you study, the more we pray. And once again, we need to be praying. We need to be asking God for wisdom and he provides wisdom for he has promised he'll give us wisdom. He unpacks it and every day we, we discover incredible, beautiful truths. Well, the book, the book has an author and that is the Holy Spirit. So mm. the Holy Spirit is the overall author of Scripture. The Holy, Holy Spirit inspires inspired various individuals to write what they wrote. So, And we looked at that at the beginning. Correct. And if, if the Holy Spirit was um, the one who inspired the material, it stands to reason that we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand the material. That's right. All right. So we talked about these four different cycles in the book of Daniel. That's Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 8 and 9, and Daniel chapter 10 through 12. Each of these four cycles covers material from, uh, covers history, prophetic history, from the time of the writer Daniel all the way through to the end time. And each section builds on and adds to and enlarges upon the prophetic material that's given before. So even though they're covering the same time period many times, they are enlarging upon it, giving different details uh, so that we can understand a little better uh, what what is what is occurring there. Well, the same is true with the book of Revelation. So in the book of Revelation, we have, uh, you know, chapter 1, there's a brief introduction, and then we see Jesus walking in the midst of seven golden lampstands. And we're told that these lampstands represent his churches. And so here's a beautiful picture of Jesus walking amongst the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then we have the letters to the seven churches. Now, what's interesting about the letters to the seven churches is whilst these seven churches literally existed, and you and I have been to these seven churches, uh, we've been to the historical geographical locations of these seven churches. In that Turkey. In Turkey. Modern-day Turkey. Modern-day in uh, the western part of Turkey. Um, seven churches there are listed in Book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3. But they are also symbolic of seven periods of church history. So, for instance, the first church, Ephesus, describes uh, the period of history in the first century of, of Christian history. And then you have the various churches moving through the seven churches and then down to Laodicea, which is the last of the seven churches, which kind of describes the the church at large in the age just before Jesus comes. So the, the, there's that cycle of seven. Then there's uh, a little later you have uh, the seven seals, which cover the period of time from the first coming of Christ, the first century, all the way through to the end when Jesus comes again. Then you have seven trumpets, which again cover the history, but with given different symbols and given different details from the first century all the way through to the second coming. And then what you have is from Daniel, sorry, from Revelation chapter 12, you have seven end time signs that really start to, uh, it focuses far more on the end time, but it does begin in Revelation 12. You've got this woman who's expecting a child. That child is born, and that child represents Jesus Christ. And so it starts at the time of Jesus Christ and his birth, moves through history to the end time, and you see seven different signs in uh, Revelation uh, the end, you know, from chapter 12 really through chapter 21. That's um, fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, we, we won't unpack them now, but we might when we get to the book of Revelation. Let me tell, tell you about the giveaway. Um, it's because we've been mentioning this. So if you call in on 1-800-324-843, uh, or you can text on... Uh, no, I think we, we, no, we just call. have a call. Yeah, one 800 
843. If you call that number, you can call in the first to call in for the book, the free giveaway, Visions and Dreams, A Fresh Look at Daniel and Revelation by Jack Blanco. That's our free giveaway for today. So uh, if you'd like that book, please call in. Hope you've enjoyed that interesting section on taking a look at the parallels of Daniel and Revelation, those four sections. After this bit of music, we are going to take a look at an incredible central piece of the book of Revelation. So sit back and enjoy this beautiful song, Ryan Proudfoot. In this world there is trouble, but you bring peace. I find it on my face, yeah, on my knees. In my darkest of hours, I will call your name. When I'm weary and broken, in my weakness I will pray. I need Jesus, I need real love. I don't need another fancy thing, what I need is you. On the tallest of mountains, in the highest place On my greatest of days, yeah, oh, it's all grace When my joy is overwhelming, still I call your name Staying desperate for you, Lord, I will sing it out again I need Jesus Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from Ryan Proudfoot. We are now in the last few minutes of our Looking Up Afternoon program for today. 
We've been looking at an overall view of Daniel and Revelation. And um, before we land and end this afternoon, I just wanted to take you to one incredible, one incredible structure um, from the book of Revelation, the, how the book of Revelation is structured. And it's, it's interesting that it's structured in the form of a chiasm. Now, you may be thinking, what on earth is a chiasm? Uh, I'm wondering what on earth is a chiasm. <laughs> a chiasm. A chiasm is a literary device that's used in the scriptures that was used back in ancient times to help people understand what the very center of and the most important part of the story or the message was. It kind of diagrams the, the passage. Exactly. It's like a bullseye. I describe it like a bullseye where the center of the bullseye is the most important uh, point in the bullseye and that's where you get the highest score. So the book of Revelation, Peter, has a bullseye. Has a bullseye, as you pointed out. It so starts, where is that bullseye, well, Danny? Well, it starts off at the very beginning with a, with a prologue and ends with an epilogue. And you've got, you've got sections that, that, that move one from the other. But the very center or the climax of the book of Revelation is called the Great Controversy. And it's found there in Revelation chapters 12 to 14. So those three chapters encompass the very center, the very heart of the book of Revelation. And this is where that final worship war at the end of time, this final battle between uh, God and Satan, this, this battle of allegiance and who you will worship comes to a climax. So as we go through the book of Revelation, we're going to take a look at that because that is really, really fascinating. So so we are now living in the time of Revelation 12 to 14. We are living in that very time. And we're going to be unpacking that as we go along in this series. It's kind of a little bit like um, what we're going to try and do in the next few weeks is to put some building blocks in place. Because as we've said, um, if we don't have a foundation, it's no good um, you know, starting with algebra if you haven't done basic, basic math. And what we want to do in, um, in looking at these prophecies, next week we're going to start with a, a very basic prophecy so that we can build, when we get to Revelation, it'll be, become easier to interpret. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that journey. So my dear friends, wherever you've been listening from today, I hope and pray that you have been blessed as we have taken an overall look at the book of Daniel and Revelation. We're going to be coming back next week to unpack that incredible prophecy in Daniel chapter 2. So wherever you are, thank you for joining joining us. Peter and I have been blessed to be with you on looking up and keep looking up for we are nearing the coming of Jesus. May the Lord bless you in a mighty and powerful way. And um, Peter, hasn't that been fantastic? We it's been have terrific, been so Danny. Blessed. I've enjoyed it and uh, I look forward to seeing people. No, listening to them. No, them listening to us, I think. <laughs> It'll be good to uh, be back with them next week. Yeah, God bless and goodbye for now.